1: and welcome to another episode of the Mania podcast. I am your host, Rob Goodwin, and I am joined by Chris and by Garth for this, our NXT TakeOver War Games 2 review. Let's start with you, Chris. What a show.
2: What an actual show. Like, of both shows of the year, like fucking All In, um, TakeOver New All In, CXT Chapter 1.
1: It was just... <laughs> Get in. Just what a an way amazing. to plug your own show.
2: That's on this website. Uh <laughs> no, it
1: was an amazing
2: show. What, like one of the best takeovers in a year of great
0: takeovers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Garth, what about you?
0: Same, yeah, brilliant. Um every match every match had something. I mean I think I've got about six pages of notes.
1: It's Honestly, I don't. I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say, and we'll we'll talk a little bit, ladies and gentlemen, at the end about um, about our Podmania end of year awards. But I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say of any company, this is in the top three shows of the year.
0: Yeah. Yep. Easy. It's probably the best WWE branded show this year.
1: Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. That's, that, that's not
2: if it's WWE branded. That's not stiff fucking competition. Yeah,
1: I was just going to say, if you look at Crown Jewel, for God's sake, um, <laughs> I mean, from top to bottom, they could do no wrong. I mean, for God's sake, the War Games match, which main evented the show rightly, was nearly fifty minutes long, and it at was no that long. Point, at no point did it feel like it had gone fifty minutes. No, not It was
2: like half an hour yeah
1: 47 minutes and 10 seconds the main event went and that's just that's ridiculous the fact that it went that long
0: there was no there was no passengers in that match at all
1: no there was no passengers on the card i mean genuinely it'll be interesting to see uh, obviously dave Meltzer's ratings are extremely subjective and seem to rile a lot of people for some reason um But it would be extremely interesting to see what Dave Meltzer rates some of these matches because I can honestly say there are two, maybe even three, depending, five-star match candidates. Yeah. Close. Yeah. I think the War Games match was stellar. Absolutely incredible. And we will get into our review in a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Just let us gush for a minute. Um, I thought the Velveteen Dream taking on Tomasa Champa, it was such an entertaining match. There was highs, there was lows, and genuinely there were parts where I thought the Velveteen Dream was going to take it. Yeah. There was actual drama because I thought, holy shit, Dream's going to win the title. By the
2: way, my brother walked in um, as that came on, and I can't speak to how confused he was when he saw Velveteen Dream. <laughs>
1: it's or how organ. Like,
2: how do you explain Velveteen Dream? He's Prince if Prince could punch you in the face. Yes, yeah. he's and Prince wasn't dead.
1: with all of the gimmicks. With all of the gimmicks. Um, and then Alistair Black taking on Johnny Gargano. I mean, Garth, I know you're going to boil some piss over Alistair Black <laughs> because you st- you still don't like him. But even you have got to appreciate just how fucking good this match was.
0: No denying the match was good and I I did enjoy it. I just have some caveats.
2: He has has a hot take for the first first match of the night as well,
0: just to foreshadow that.
1: Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Um, Now, ladies and gentlemen, there are three of us and Garth does not speak for all three of us when he talks. Okay, so just bear that in mind. But before we start with our review. Um our predictions, lads. Oh, now, yeah. at the start of this wrestling weekend that saw not only take over um War Games 2, it also saw Survivor Series 2018. At that point, after Bound for Glory, Chris was one nil nil up.
2: How do I know more about impact than you do?
1: Your guess is as good as mine. Your guess is <laughs> as good as mine. There was some bizarre booking at Bound for Glory. But I have the results of our predictions. So, after this show, the Black Gargano match, we all had Johnny Gargano to win. Yeah. Alistair Black won. Yeah. Now, after the Shayna Baszler and Carrie Sane match, we all had Shayna Baszler to retain. (laughs) Champer and Velveteen Dream Myself and Chris had Champa. Garth had <laughs> Velveteen Dream.
0: Yep. Yeah. Phil.
1: So, which that means was a dream. that the main event, basically, Chris, if the Undisputed Era won, you would have won. But it wasn't. It was Team War Raiders, which means that Rob, back in the game. <laughs> so Rob came out on top. So at that point, it was 1 1 0. Sorry, Garth. Oops. Come to Survivor Series, or as I like to call it, Raw Wankfest 2018. <laughs> Apart from the pre-show, which apparently doesn't matter. But um, the raw clean sweep of every single match, which is just baffling. It's embarrassing.
0: It's um, embarrassing.
1: Both me and Chris tied. <laughs> <laughs> so it is now 2-2. Garth, zero. Zero. Um, basically, Garth, you were let down by The Bar, Team Smackdown and the Women, Shinsky Knacks, and Debra. Everyone. I'm just
0: playing contrarian.
1: That's You are. You're... Uh... <laughs> but yes, yeah, so me was... and Chris are currently 2-0 two, two up. And I believe the next big show all three of us will be doing will, in fact, be Wrestle Kingdom. Shit, I am not a clue. <laughs> so... <laughs>
2: I I'm yeah. looking forward to doing for predictions if Garth comes on for that. Just That's like, going to be fantastic. You are these
1: I might
0: people. I it's going to be random as shit.
1: <laughs> I can't what? wait for the moment he has Kota Ibushi versus Haruki Goto and going, who's Goto? What is a Goto?
2: <laughs> Go, gets to a junior match. It's like, what is a Kanamaru? <laughs> Isn't Desperado a beer?
0: Do not I need to put like eight hours aside for that?
1: Anyway, let's... <laughs> let's let's move away from Wrestle Kingdom, we're here to talk about NXT TakeOver War Games 2 yeah. we'll start with the very very surprising opening, uh, which started with Matt Riddle bro. coming to the ring, bro, bro. which I think surprised everyone, Garth and you me first, I'm going to start with you, because you weren't a fan of this
0: I just thought, what the fuck is this is this some sort of fucking Bill and Ted piss take or something? <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> Excellent. And...
0: Go on. Honestly, please. I just I, I can imagine coming down, playing air guitar, and doing the whole Hawaiian sort of sort of you know the finger point thing that they do, and pretending to smoke a fake joint and stuff.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I think that's pretty much Matt Riddle's gimmick. Um. But. <laughs> Chris, what do you think?
2: I said it in, um, I said it in the group chat when Gareth was getting annoyed about it. I know like five people like him in the halls in the uni. I go to, but the only difference is, I believe Matt Riddle could kick my cunt in. Oh, um,
1: Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. The sad thing is,
0: I used to know people like that at college as well, and that was like twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so these things haven't changed. So stoners are still stoners.
1: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So th- his gimmick aside, Garth. Okay, if you can, yeah. if You can put your put your angry glasses down. <laughs> what do you think of him generally?
0: I, to be yeah. honest, I don't really know a lot about him. I know obviously he was like, like the UFC guy and that, but when it comes to sort of wrestling, there's nothing to really base it against. Okay, fair enough. So, so I don't really have any sort of care either way. I know that he came and sort of kicked Cassius Ono's ass.
1: Yeah. Um, basically, we were supposed to get Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono on the pre-show and it wasn't supposed to be filmed and we were supposed to get it in the NXT next week. Um, but Matt Riddle came down, said he fancied doing it now. The crowd cheered, Cassius Ono came down, shouted <laughs> it down for a minute. Matt Riddle needs the fucking beard off Cassius Ono. I'm not joking, that looked stiff as balls. That knee to the face, pinned him after seven seconds. Um, I mean, I knew Cassius owner was the gatekeeper to NXT. I didn't realize it had gotten that bad. Um, his, his me, fall you, has Sona.
2: been sad. Pardon. His, his fall has been so sad. His like fall he's has
1: been alarming.
2: He was genuinely one of my favorite. He like he'd make me watch CZW, and I fucking can't stand CZW. And he's he's one was one of my favorite indie guys before he came in. And then when he came in, he was challenging Bobby Roode, and I knew he wouldn't win. But I of like, you know, what, this is a great place to start. And then you know, just kept on going down. He won a feud with Hideo with Tammy, and then nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, um, I like, he got shunned out of that fucking US, um, title ladder match as far as i concerned because last fucking Sullivan was in it, but not him. Yeah. In fact, he jobbed to last Sullivan last year at War Games. <laughs>
1: Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, Not as you know, hilariously as this, um, but I mean, Matt Riddle is going to be massive in the WWE. I mean, there's no, there's no two ways about this. Um, He's massively over with the crowd. You know, he's got a gimmick that a lot of people can relate to, Um, Mm -hmm. especially apparently the stoners in Chris's halls. Um, (laughs) But whether seven seconds was. The best way to go, I don't know. It got a massive pop from the crowd, it was something new, something exciting that we didn't expect. Why not? And that knee stiff as balls, I suppose
0: oh, it gets them on the be- the best show of the year. So, absolutely, we're talking. Oh,
2: about it. oh no, can say, um, that he was caught by surprise, and a feud can go on,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> and let's face it, oh no, despite his well. I mean, his weight fluctuates alarmingly, to be perfectly honest. But, you know, he can still go in the ring and he's still very athletic for someone of his size. So I look forward to seeing that. Absolutely. If you
2: want proof he can still go, go watch his stuff in progress earlier this year.
1: Yeah, when he was let go. I've heard that that was really good. I need to No, he
2: wasn't that. let go. They just let him. They just send That's him to places.
1: That's yeah. what I meant. Like Apollo um,
2: Yeah, like his match with um, Tyler Bate and Zack Sabre Jr. in different matches. It was great.
1: Zach Sabre Jr. is fantastic. I love that man. Um, anyway, sorry. Um, we move on to the actual schedule programming. And we started with the women's match, the two out of three falls match for the NXT Women's Championship between Shayna Baszler, the champion, and Kyrie Sane. Um, Let's start with Chris. What do you think of this match?
2: Awesome match. But the two most obvious um, opponents in NXT, like, they're just. They're both really good at what we do. And it's like scary MMA lady versus Hello Kitty Pirate. It's just <laughs> brutal. Um, but although despite the fact this match was really good, um, it wasn't as good as their um Brooklyn match or their Evolution match, in my opinion. Okay. Because it was it was a bit more it was a bit too overbooked um for me. Like we had two di- interferences from the same two people. Yeah. Over um Dakota Kai came down and did basically nothing. And then i the most impressive part of the match, Ayushirai did a moonsault in skinny jeans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that moonsault is, and I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say this, is the most beautiful moonsault I've ever seen in my life.
2: And know if CM Punk's is well. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> honestly, it was it was incredible. It was just picture perfect. Um, uh, Gars, sorry. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was brilliant. I've- I've always liked Shana Bears. I just think she's she's so believable, which is the best part about her. She you, like because you know she can kick people's ass. so she she looks like she's going out there and doing it for real. But like Chris said, I think I think the Interferences did spoil it. Um, I mean, uh, the, they're there for the reason. That's the whole sort of four horsewomen thing. But I don't think they needed to be involved twice. Um, I don't no. know. It sort of took took. It just killed the flow a little bit. But, um, I liked I liked how it sort I liked how the sort of the falls fell and um, where they were doing the, the like the different pins and stuff like that. That was really good. And um, that Shayna Baszler was just stomped on her face. Fucking hell, that looked brutal.
1: <laughs> yeah, it did. It looked horrendous. Um, so the first fall Shayna Baszler got by. Carry Sane tapping out to the Curafuda clutch after interference from Jesamine Duke and Marina Shafir. Now, this is not the last time that they interfere in the match. And in fact, they I think they interfere maybe three or four times in this match. And I do appreciate what you say, Chris. It was it was very, very overbooked. Very overbooked. And yeah. it was in danger of spoiling my enjoyment of the match, but I do appreciate that NXT had the unenviable position of trying to keep two women strong in a two out of three falls match, <coughs> which you know, can go very, very wrong. You don't want to bury Kyrie Sane, but you also don't want to make Shayna Basil look weak in a title defense. Um, Kairi Sane rallied. I thought, this this is the best I've seen Kyrie Sane, if I'm honest. Um, I don't really follow Kyrie Sane before NXT, or I didn't, sorry, no. I should say. Um, but I do think this was one of the better performances from her. She managed to get the Um, even the score after an insane elbow. But then, the second fall, again, Duke and Shafir were involved. You said Dakota Kai didn't do anything, Chris. She came down to save her friend. Is that not (laughs) enough for you?
2: The commentators put it over more like, oh, she does hate Shayna Baszler more than, oh, her friend. To be honest.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. She she did. Um, She's the
2: Krillin of NXT. (laughs)
1: Um, yeah, Dakota Kai attempted to come and even the score. Um, she quickly got overpowered because there's two of Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir. There was one Dakota Kai. Ayo Shirai came to the ring, got a big pop. I was impressed with the pop that Ayo Shirai got. And she got up onto the turnbuckle and performed that beautiful moonsault, which was just beautiful. Just beautiful. Um, Kairi is attempted to go for the insane elbow. Misses. Basic catches her, rolls her up, retains the title. Correct result, Garth or not?
0: Yeah, definitely. Chris keeps you in keeps you in a oh, keeps you in a, base, she in a base, uh, strong until she moves up.
1: Yeah, correct. Chris, do you agree?
2: Yeah, Kairi Sane's not really one for a long title range. She's one for like a pop, it's like she, she was a traditional champion to set up a match for um, Evolution. But that's basically it, and I'm bound to that.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I see her more as a babyface chasing the title than having the title. Um, Which, you know, is not a bad position to be in. Um, I don't think it'll be long before we see Kairi Sane on the main roster. Um, It'll be interesting to see who challenges Basil next. As we have had an influx of women, whether it's Ayosha Rai challenging her next, whether it's Lacey Evans, whether it's uh, Bianca Belair, or whether it's Dakota Kai. Who knows?
2: Or Tony Stone.
1: Or Tony Storm. She didn't get the NXT UK Women's Title after all. So we then move on to Alistair Black taking on Johnny Gargano. Garth, would you like to boil your piss now, or would you like to wait until me and Chris have said our things and then we can go and get a drink while you rant?
0: Uh, I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to rant. First off, I need to mention the fact that X Pac was in the house.
1: Oh yeah, he made his NXT debut. He did. With his fucking dog. His dog was there. Since so when has been allowed in, in the Staples Centre?
2: It, it is it is for his mental health and you're te- and you're legally not allowed to ask him about it.
1: No, shut up.
0: <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> no, it is. I wouldn't be fucking surprised if that I didn't try that shit because he's high. He's high most of the time anyway.
1: True.
2: He, he doesn't even know he has a dog. He
0: thinks <laughs> he, he thinks he it's he a, a raccoon.
2: He thought he found Rocket outside of um, TakeOver, brought him in. He comes down and suddenly there's a dog next to him. He's like, what did I do last night?
1: <sighs> oh, God. Right. Go. No, I, issue,
0: I, I'm, I'm not going to shit on the mate, match because it was a really enjoyable match. Um, I loved that. To be fair, I thought Gargano was brilliant here, especially his character work. Yeah. Um it's, when he was walking up the ring, he's like, Yeah, you still love me. I was just like, That's brilliant. Like because he hasn't actually really done that much wrong. He's just beat up Ballister Black.
1: <laughs> Which apparently makes him a face to you. Well <laughs> but um I just there's just a couple of things
0: and I've this is this has come up before in the podcast as well. It's the um the springboards by Alistair Black. Is it the lion's salt? It's the springboard where he sits down and I'm thinking, what the fuck are you doing that for in the middle of a match when Gargano's out the ring and he just comes comes in and kicks him in the face?
1: Mind
2: games.
0: Nah, nah, I'm not having it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just, yeah. I, some of the things just... um. Left us thinking. I mean, he tried that springboard so many times.
1: <laughs> he did try it multiple times.
0: And and I'm not shitting you. When I was watching his multiple strikes, his punches, I was like, "Is this has he been learning from the best in the world?"
1: <laughs> Shane O'Mac. Yeah, because <laughs> those punches were dog shit. <laughs> yeah, some of those strikes were fairly poor.
0: To be fair, his kicks are fucking like stellar. Um, and his knees and I mean. I was watching, I was thinking, he's not actually a wrestler. He's a brawler. He's a striker. Yeah. To be and, fair, that was Austin. True. True. But, um, I don't know. Well, it wasn't a class match. Like, the the, the 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 suplex pin and stuff like that, that was really good. Like, his suplexes are s- superb.
1: Yeah.
0: That's the plot. Especially the fact he, like, sort of bridges them as well. Yeah. Um, some of this stuff I just and this was a thing that runs through a lot of stuff at the minute, but there seems to be no lasting impact for a lot of moves now. Especially like um there was times where um Gargano was getting kicked, like roundhouse kicked, and he was sort of flopping to the floor. And you were thinking, that's like really good sort of work, but then he jumps up and he does bloody springboards and shit.
2: Oh, man, you're going to hate Wrestle Kingdom.
0: <laughs> I've seen Wrestling Kingdom before. Um, but overall, honestly, I did really in- enjoy the match, but Alice the Black just infuriates us.
1: <laughs> you all done? Um, yeah. Okay, just take five, catch your breath. Chris, opinion uh,
2: this is a really, really good match. Um, first of all, I'd like to say that Johnny Gargano's heel turn, is possibly the most organic heel turn I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he, because in his head, he is justified. He wanted Champa, yeah, the end justified the means in his eyes, and you don't need to see him as the good guy. He just that's, needs to see himself as a good guy.
0: That's he's what perfect. I like about it. That's what I like because he hasn't actually changed. Yeah, he's just sort of said, "Well, I've done whatever it takes."
2: Yeah. It's absolutely perfect, and. Also, um, I love the use of misdirection in this match, just their normal spots being countered because it fits within the narrative of both men definitely. Because Alistair Black is one to just um, his whole gimmick is around him being excessively disciplined, so he'd have watched a million tapes. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Gargano would have been <laughs> trembling in fear watching Alistair Black matches for the past three months. But um, no, this was. I'm with you, Gaff. I'm not a fan of Alistair Black's gimmick. It's basically just, oh, I'm me, but like a badass um, yeah. type gimmick. At which, if you're at all familiar with the Scottish independence scene, it's the entirety of the fucking Scottish independence scene. <laughs> I can't. I do hate that gimmick. So which is why I wanted Johnny Gagana to win. But at the same time, this was a properly good, near perfect match. If the right person had won, it
0: was good. I'll tell you what did elevate the match was the top the commentary. Oh, with
2: it was one exception. Phenomenal. One exception, Percy Jackson needs to be fucking fired. Oh
0: yeah. yeah. he He's he obvious.
2: Like, um, he was no, he's he gets he Alistair Black kicks the shit of Johnny Gargano and he was like, Oh, Johnny Gargano wasn't expecting this and he's like, It's Alistair Black. <laughs> what did he what was he going to do? And then even <laughs> even like um you can tell half the time Nadja McGuinness wants to strangle that man, because he was yeah. like, How could you expect anything else? And then Mauro Bonallo quickly steps in. It's quite funny.
1: But yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I'm just gonna step in and say I love Alistair Black's gimmick. Um, I just I absolutely adored this match. I thought everything fit together really well from every counter to every ridiculous move through the ropes. Johnny Gargano, I completely agree with you, Chris. I think his heel turn has been so well done and so organic because in his head he's not a heel. Um, I thought the fact that Gargano had so much of this match worked so well in the favour. I I am just going to say now that every match worked the fact that there were two rings together, which isn't an easy thing to work into a match. Mm -hmm. Every match worked in really, really well, apart from the women's match, which I don't think used it that much. Um, But I loved the ending sequence where Gargano goes for that spear through the ropes and Black just knees his face off, rolls him in, Gives him two black masses, wins the match. I loved the bit where Johnny Gargano was going for that, um, going for his finisher, and Black stops him, does his sitting position, and goes, Kick me. Go on, kick me. And Mm. I just loved that bit. I really, really enjoyed that, especially when Gargano stopped as well and then rolled down his knee pad as though to go, You fucking want it now then. This this shit's serious. Yeah. Well,
2: that's that's one thing. Johnny Gargano um Johnny Gargano fell for that because they ended up going into a roll up and then Alistair Black fell for the same fucking trap later in the match.
1: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That that was something that, you know, was a little bit, hmm, okay. You spoke about commentary, Chris. Um there was twice when Mara Ronello had to stop himself swearing. There was once oh, yeah. where he did when he went holy F, which I loved, and then he just just outwardly said the word shit. Yeah. Which just was the one way went there.
0: Something effing something, didn't
1: he? Yeah. Honestly, that man's incredible. The fact that he's was so a, invested in the matches just makes it, it was so a, much better.
0: It's when he shot with Mama effing Mia. That was the one.
1: Mama effing <laughs> <and> Mia. <laughs> just, just brilliant. Just absolutely brilliant. So this match, for me, was nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Because I would have loved to... The only reason, the only reason it's not ten out of ten, is because just to carry on Gargano's heel turn and to carry on with this whole deluded thing he's got going on in his head, I would love to have seen him win. That's the only yeah. reason it's not 10 out of 10. Chris?
2: Um, I'm, I'm giving a, I am I'm initially said 9 out of 10 um, when we were talking about it um, right after it happened, but I'm going to say 8 out of 10 because after we're watching it, it's just too many tiny things, but just drag it down a little bit. So 8.
0: Okay. Garth? Yeah, I'm going to go here as well. Just for the little niggly things, like Chris said, like I mentioned about some of the spots and stuff. But like you say, the Gargano bits, the actual match itself was brilliant. And again, the the commentary helped it loads. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, and again, yeah, the the result. I mean, Black wouldn't have been any less sort of on fire if you would lost. I think.
1: Okay. Final thing because we didn't actually give a rating to the women's match. I'm gonna go seven out of ten for the women's match. Garth? Uh, Do you know what? No, I'll change that six point five.
0: I, I really enjoyed it. I'm gonna go seven and a half 'cause I really enjoyed it.
1: Okay. Chris?
2: Um five for the overbooking just sort of ruined it.
1: Really? That much for you?
2: Yeah, I'm sick. like i I'm this sort of ICW's ruined overbooking for me. So
1: all right. <laughs> Fair enough then. So now we moved on to the NXT Championship match between Tommaso Champa and Velveteen Dream. Am I out of line when I say Velveteen Dream stole the damn show? Because it's... honestly, his ring attire and everything he did in the ring was stellar.
0: Everything the the, the sort of video piece beforehand as well. Just perfect.
1: I said to you in the group chat that I really, really don't want Velveteen Dream to go to the main roster because he's going to get ruined and after just the meteoric rise of this man I don't want him to go. I don't yeah. want him to be ruined. I mean, this match for me was I don't want to say my favourite match because the War Games match but it, was, it was up there with the War Games match for me. It was the drama of the match. Everything about this match was perfect for me. Chris, what did you think?
2: I thought it was a really good match. Um, really different from the last one, which was good. Um, sometimes takeovers can feel a little bit samey. Yep. Um, but now this is something completely different. It's for two box perfect storytellers in NXT coming together. Yeah. And I really liked how retro-inspired all of um, Velveteen's offense was throughout oh. this match. Yeah. Like. Absolutely. um, even his elbow looked a bit more matchman like than it normally did. Yeah. Um I love the sort of callback to Hogan, especially with Hogan saying he didn't see Belveteen going anywhere and tough enough. Um but yeah, this was really good, really story driven. Um the Death Valley rolling driver, whatever it's called, on the um floor looked brutal. Yeah, and I legitimately thought at bat. No, um, with that knee in the corner, that Velveteen was knocked out.
1: Yeah, I think aside from Kenny Omega, Champa delivers the just what look like the most savage knees. Especially, I think the knee brace that he's got on mm-hmm. certainly helps that aesthetic. Um, I mean, I love the storyline they've got going on that this championship is slowly driving Champa mad. He does not want to lose it. he, he cannot tough. afford to lose it. You know, He's turning and, into Gollum. Yeah, he is turning a little bit into Gollum. Um, <laughs> I love the fact that at one point um, Champa had um, the headband off, Velveteen Dream, and was mocking the crowd. Yeah. So Velveteen just calmly rolled out of the ring, got the belt, and did the same thing. <laughs> you know, and there was just that those little interchanges. These two had such fantastic chemistry. And you're right, Chris. There was so much retro offense from Velveteen Dream. We had the leg drop. We had the figure four. We had the elbow drop. You know, we had so many callbacks to retro wrestlers, and that DDT the Velveteen Dream does it's, it looks like a bugger to set up, but it just looks <laughs> mint. Yeah. Um, the, the bit, whole bit with the belt was brilliant when Champa goes for the belt and, Ciamp- and Dream manages to DDT him onto it. Um, <laughs> we've got the purple rainmaker for the close fall. Um, Champa performing that elevated DDT, which just looked awful. On the metal divider between the rings yeah that looked horrible um you've got just everything in this match culminated the way it should have done for me it was as near a perfect match as you were gonna get
0: yeah um, so the... much, so much good like storytelling and even the bit where right at the beginning Chaler sort of messed up velvetine's hair and it really seemed to piss him off.
1: Yeah,
0: it did. It did. It sort of unnerved him. Chris,
1: what were you going to
2: say? On the subject of uh, championing the belt, um, did you see the segment with him, Velveteen, and Nikki Cross a few weeks ago? No. It was hilarious. It was basically right at the end of um, William Regal doing his investigation, which, by the way, was hilarious throughout the whole thing. And Nikki, they were both arguing over who. Took out Gargano and then Nikki Cross came out going, I know what you did, and was reaching for Champa's belt, and Champa was just up of out of a reach. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Champa's fantastic. I I yeah. I cannot wait just for him to be the megastar he deserves to be. Um and Velveteen Dream as a seller, I don't think there are many people that touch him. No. Nah. Because everything seems to physically hurt him. So either he has actually got a condition that makes everything hurt, in which case, (laughs) sorry. Um, But, you know, his selling is absolutely fantastic. That purple rainmaker on the outside, which led to the whole um, finish, where he went for the elbow whilst Champa was on the outside and he missed and hit his elbow on the floor, that legitimately looked like he'd popped his elbow. Yeah. And... That sort of believability in a match, and if you're that invested in a match that you're physically, holy shit, oh no! And then Champer obviously does that elevated DDT and retains, and the fact that they both just lay there after the match, physically exhausted. It all was the, fantastic. It was
0: all there was all linear falls, which genuinely could it went either way.
1: Yeah, and me and you, Garth, have spoken on the Impact podcast, which will be coming out um, on the same day as this actually. Um, about believability of people's chances of actually winning a match, mm-hmm. um, especially in the main event. Um, but here, genuinely, it could have been either man that walked away with his title. Yeah. And I don't think any of us would have been... I don't think any of us would have been upset if Velveteen Dream had walked away with the championship here. No, no. No, no not, not really. really. Because Just... that man can carry a brand. The guy, he's 24... It's fucking ridiculous.
2: That seems old to me.
1: Shut up, dickhead. <laughs> hey, shut up. <laughs> just shut up. I um, forgot,
0: um, forgot to mention the bit where Champ um, has slapped Marrow.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and it just came out of nowhere as well. Like, it blatantly caught him off guard.
1: Yeah, Completely. And you, you see, when know, you... and you know backstage has run to Marrow. God, I am so sorry. It was the heat of the moment. Yeah. It just seemed like <laughs> the right thing to do. I'm sorry. Um, you,
2: see, you attack the lead commentator in NXT. You're here. You attack him in New Japan. Massive face, at least to me.
1: <laughs> um, match rating.
0: God. <sighs> um, I, I, I kind of give it a perfect win. Um,
1: on principle, or
0: I don't think I don't know. I don't even know if that exists. Um, I'm going to go nine. Spoil sport. Um, nine point. I'm going to go nine point five. Nine point five. Close to perfect.
1: Okay. What's and I tell you perfect? what. I'm going to put what, you on the spot now. There was one thing that did that
0: didn't. They that sort of cocked up a bit. I think there was a bit where they were outside and the ref didn't count. And they were out for there for a fucking hell of a long time. It was a bit where he slapped uh, Marro and Allo. Oh, I
1: was you're like, holding why is it... that against the match. Bro. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I'm just, but, but I'm just saying, like, why is the ref not counting? here? Is there a reason? Oh, yeah. just do you know what? I never I even know. thought about that. I was that engrossed in the match that I didn't even think about that. I didn't. I didn't until later. <laughs> Chris, what about you?
2: Um, yeah, I'm gonna agree and take, give it a nine. Um, if he'd have slapped Percy, maybe I'd have given it a ten. But. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a
1: knife. <laughs> Okay. Um Oh do it, do it, do it. Do you know what? Fuck it, I'm giving it ten. Wow. I haven't been that invested in a match in God knows how long. Um and you know, pro- probably since the almost Gargano match was the last time I was that invested in a match. Yeah. Um, you know, when you physically did not know what was going to happen? You didn't know who was going to take the championship. There was just inventive spot after inventive spot. There was near fall after near fall after near fall. And I just feel like, what in God's name was that?
2: What was that actually?
1: What the hell was that? That
0: was my uh, <laughs> two
2: oh, you Oh, right. So I thought it was a blade blade.
0: Oh? That's all right. Sound a bit of a whinge.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> Was it, have we just had a guest appearance from one of your children? Yep. Nice. Um, that's completely thrown. Honestly, I thought our podcast was haunted then. <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. I thought we got... It go- <laughs> just disappeared. Yeah. Well, a, a buzzsaw happened in the background. <laughs> <laughs> then just a whispered voice. I'm here. Um, so, yeah. Apart from the fact that our podcast was haunted. Yeah. Perfect time for me. I'm being right smart. Um, we then get to the War Games match. First things first, did we all watch War Games last year? Yeah,
2: we're not live because I was at ACW and then got drunk, but yeah.
1: Okay, sounds like a good night. I, you, I didn't see it. You didn't see it. Okay, so this it, question yeah. is directed just to Chris and and me. Better than last year's War Games or not?
2: Uh, um, I don't see them as comparable because they're different but they're both war games, but they're different setups. Okay. Like, whereas, like, I prefer this one because it's like a one and one team, rather than like a triple threat team. So I would say I pick this just because of my own personal preference. But they, I don't see them as comparable matches.
1: They were both excellent matches. Both war yeah, both games excellent. matches are were excellent matches. I'm gonna say that this one was better. Um, I think there was more. I think they've done a better job and that's nothing against how they built last year's war games, but I feel like they've built, there was more of an organic feud between especially Ricochet in the Undisputed Era and Pete Dunne Mm -hmm. in the Undisputed Era. Um,
2: And us. And also last year, there was definitely people beat. There was standouts, was also people who were definitely being carried. Like VAOP um, were definitely being carried. And Alexander Wolf was de- certainly like a weak link with insanity. So yeah. in this one, no one needed carried.
1: God, no. This match, everybody pulled their weight. There was so much going on. And for me, the MVPs of the match had to be the War Raiders.
2: Oh, yeah. This was a coming out battle. We've been NXT That's for one. them.
1: Genuinely, those two men. I mean, I'm going to gush a lot about Hanson very, very shortly. But, Chris, I'm going to let you go first, because otherwise I'll just steal the show on this one.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely awesome match. Um, the that, tr- that double moonsault by Ricochet. Oh, God. Absolutely insane. Um I liked the miscommunication between the face team because they're not a team. They're a bunch of guys who have a common enemy. Yeah. Um I, I agree with you with when you say the build is was much more natural, whereas last year was just sort of like the um AOP and Roger Strong had a reason to hate um the interview Era and then sanity were thrown in there for some reason. Um but
1: what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Was that you again, Jackson? Yeah. Good God.
0: I'm going to have to dive up for a second. Go for it. Just keep going.
2: Chris, <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live.
1: Uh, sorry, please excuse Garth's rudeness, ladies and gentlemen. Chris, <laughs> off you go.
2: Um. So, yeah, much more organic feud. Pete Dunne is bae. Yeah. Um,
1: Incredible man.
2: Absolutely incredible. Um, I'm, it's great to see Bobby Fish back, although it looked like he re-injured himself during this match. It looks
1: like he was in genuine discomfort. There was a moment where yeah. he was limping. You could actually see, I think it's Roderick Strong, goes to him and go, are you all right? Mm. And Fish sort of goes, ah, I'm, I'm okay. Um,
2: also, I, I really liked how like people who were few, feud- those people in the Undisputed Era people hated more so they were going for them. Like yeah. Ricochet would go more towards Adam Cole and the War Raiders would go for Either the tag champions or Bobby Fish, who caught of course cost in the match.
1: Yeah. Just
2: it was they were it was naturally going because people were in feuds with her and just hitting anyone on the other team, which I thought was quite nice.
1: Yeah. What I liked about this match as well is you run the risk of a match like this just becoming a spot fest. Mm-hmm. Um and though there were some incredible spots, um, I mean for God's sake, Hansen is he must be just shy of 400 pounds.
2: Oh, he's a big boy.
1: Um, and he did a springboard splash from one ring to another through a table. He's oh, yeah, doing hand spring elbows. You know, it just the man is just a freak. He and came Ro, into the match and it was like, holy shit. It's ridiculous.
2: And Roller Roe Ro is also in contender for stiffest knee. Yes. Jesus.
1: Absolutely. Who did he do it to? Roderick Strong. Yeah. Just literally had his head in his hands, kneed him, and just looked at the crowd and went. Bruh. It was brilliant. Um, the only
2: disappointment really was there was no unintentional comedy from Kyle O'Reilly.
1: Oh, do you know what? That man's brilliant. I love yes. Kyle Re- O'Reilly. Just everything he does is comedy. I hope like, he never goes full serious because it would really, really just go against gone, everything we know. He's
2: he used to be full serious, and it was the fucking <laughs> like. Um, I I think as you know, earlier this week I was watching some 2012 Ring of Honor, and God, <laughs> he was in a tag team of Adam He's Cole, a
1: student, ladies and gentlemen. He does nothing <laughs> with his life. Uh,
2: Jesus. Um,
1: <laughs> carry on.
2: Anyway, so what, Roderick, that was mean. Um, Adam <laughs> Cole and Kyle. It's
1: mean Ru- as some of the things you've said.
2: Turn enough, but Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, um. We're in a tag team, and if you'd have told me about, um, back then those two would be something special, I would not have fucking believed you.
1: No, no, I'd definitely not. Um, no. I mean, even even the fact that the cages on the stage, that was being used as a storyline. Yeah. You know, the fact that you got the face team, uh, sorry, the heel team, they knew straight away who was going out, they were ready. The face team, like you said, they were all pushing Pete Dunn back so that they could get in first. Um, And then eventually you've got Bobby Fish who was last, who, do you know what? He's incredible. I love him. Just everything he was saying, you know, he's holding the keys in front of Pete Dunne's face. You know, just little things like that. Anyway, he gets out, locks another padlock onto Pete Dunne's cage, throws the key away and just just little story beats like that were absolutely amazing. They were really, really good. Um, You know, full props to the War Raiders and you know, you're absolutely right by saying this is a coming out party for these two. These yeah. two are going to be carrying this tag team division.
2: Well, it's a pretty weak tag division at the moment. It's basically two teams. And then you have TM61 and Street Profits, generally you know, one thing, but like one is sort of a comedy duo and the other one is sort of in, um, generic independent tag team number 54. And They
1: could do a lot with TM61. They could do a lot with them, but they seem yeah. to start to and then sort of either lose steam with the push or just think oh, maybe it's maybe it's not worth it.
2: I think the problem with um, TM Six One, they were good in Japan, but and Noah, yeah.
1: but problem problem is you don't
2: in Noah you definitely don't need to be very charismatic to get over. No, like it's not that kind of market. So when you get over here here to well, over here to NXT where you do need some kind of personality, we just never grew that in Japan. So they're starting to somewhat grow on, but they're still definitely in the development stages of that. So I wouldn't put them near a tag title scene anytime soon.
1: No, but then again, if you've got War Raids and Undisputed Era and, you know, maybe Moustache Mountain again.
2: Yeah, um, Keith Lee and Matt Riddle have being teased as a team, which I think would be pretty good. Who was that, sorry? Um, Keith Lee and Matt
1: Riddle have oh been teased God. as a team. That would be um, incredible.
2: Matt Riddle... Matt Riddle can work great with giants, like he was in a tag team with um Jeff Cobb, which was absolutely amazing.
1: I love Jeff Cobb. I love <laughs> Jeff Cobb. I so want Jeff Cobb and Michael Elgin to win World Tag League, and it's not going to happen. But I want it to.
2: It's not going to happen because Jeff Cobb has Ring of Honor commitments, and um, Michael Elgin is they're not pushing him seriously. And Michael Elgin is just Michael Elgin yeah like he's going to be one of those people he's going to turn up into Fale where he's a threat because he's a giant and then doesn't win any big matches
1: oh never mind are you back now (laughs) Garth I'm back you're good now (laughs) mate you saw. I think so I think so right what did you think of this match buddy seamless
0: amazing honestly I thought it was absolutely amazing Um, I mean it's probably the first war games I've watched since war games in WCW (laughs) So the the comparison, there's a lot more quality here.
1: <laughs> Just out of interest, Chris, how old were you when War Games was in WCW? Oh,
2: uh, when they were last in WCW, or when it first so came what out? think
1: it, 1996?
2: Oh, it was 1996. Was the last time it was War Games. I wasn't even born. Fucking hell. I was
1: six. <laughs> so
2: I was
0: sixteen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> It's like a weird evolution of man thing going.
1: <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> it really is. Uh, sorry, Garth. Please continue. You know, um, you know what is that? There are there's
0: just there are too many massive spots to go into, isn't there? There's just so many really really cool moments. Um I mean, even just right at the very end, the the face off at the end.
1: Yes, just absolutely. incredible. I love the fact that at one point um, I think it's Kyle O'Reilly has got Ricochet. No, who is it? Kyle O'Reilly has got Pete Dunne in some manner of submission using a chain. And yeah. Roderick Strong, Adam Cole and Bobby Fish are sort of fighting off anyone trying to get close to them. So the War <clears ball throat> Raiders literally pick up Ricochet and throw him over the top to break up a pinfall. That's Amazing. incredible.
2: You know what I thought I seen as a soul like, you know, that bit in Toy Story 2 was like, but I don't want to use my head.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in Lord of the Rings, where you've got I've Gimli and he says, Toss me, I'm a dwarf. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> he tells him not to tell anyone that that's that's what it reminded me of. Um but yeah, just everything that they did in this match was brilliant. Even the fact that Bobby Fish bought in customized undisputed era chairs. Yeah. Just brilliant. Fantastic. The whole
0: booking, I mean the, the, the booking where the, the lock Pete Dunn in yep. was perfect. Even though it was, even though it was like throw the key away, okay right. Well we'll wait until Pete Dunn's turn to come out, <laughs> then we'll look for the key.
1: <laughs> then we'll get the bolt <laughs> cutters. Yeah. yeah, fair enough, yeah. That was that was suspicious. I was just laughing.
0: Relief. I was just laughing at that. Um, um
1: I thought that the order everyone came in in was perfect. Yeah, you know the fact that it was Adam Cole and Ricochet, the people who'd had this beef. The fact that it was them starting, you know, that mm. made perfect sense. Ricochet and I feel like we should give Ricochet some absolute props because, as you mentioned early on, Chris, that double moonsault in another dimension—he's still rotating somewhere.
0: Yeah.
1: Just that meme from like two years ago? It's like
2: nah, 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 nah.
1: <laughs> It was it was incredible, and I know that. The spot that got him up there was slightly contrived. You know, yeah. the fact that they were climbing and obviously they were waiting for Ricochet to sort of get himself into into position. There was also that spot that had everyone, apart from Ricochet involved, where everyone was climbing oh, yeah. on top of the cage. And then you've got Hanson just power bombing everyone, everyone on the side of the cage, which took Adam Cole from a suplex position from the top of the cage to the floor. It just, it looked amazing
0: it's, it's it's one of those um, pieces which is going to be a, a gif that everyone's going to share and it's going to be a video for sort of future NXT product
1: yeah I really really hope that no one tries to emulate that again because nah. that was a proper ingenious unique there was spot. a
0: bit where um did you, did you see um, Kylo O'Reilly and he knocked himself out with a chair <laughs>
2: again he <Yeah. So laughs> it does like
0: where it's sort of like bounced off the oh, top rope. Oh, he did that again. Yeah, he just sort of moved his head out the way just in time.
2: Kyle Riley should stop using chess. Maybe,
0: yeah. maybe. And um, chains, because we really struggled to get that chain round um, yeah. thingy's foot. He did, he did. But this
2: just, this just reminded me... Just every time, It reminds me of every time someone tries to use a ladder in a submission, it's just sort of like, dude.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I think we should also give Pete Dunne you know, extra credit, considering his wife was clearly either in labour or on the brink of labour because his child was born Sunday? Saturday? Monday? Mm. So, fair dedication. play. Dedication. That is dedication, absolutely. Um,
2: Just imagine the first sight, if you see your dad and he has a broken nose and he's limping.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I imagine there are a lot of people limping after that match. At least, yeah. you know, most of all Adam Cole, I imagine. Cole took loads um, yeah. Then, of course, we had the exchange that led to the finish. Um, we had the sort of reversed last shot. Um, no, that wasn't reversed, was it? It was just a near fall. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes for it again, done reverse it into a bitter end, and then Ricochet hits a 450 splash, and they both cover Adam Cole for the win. They sort yeah. of nod at each other, a show of respect. And then they climb on top of the cage, show the title belts, which makes me laugh because they do that and the war raids are still on the floor. <laughs> because at this point, Roe has been speared through a table by Bobby Fish. And I believe Hansen is still selling the table that he put Carlo Riley through. Yeah.
2: But, but um, these takeover crowds need to fuck off if we want table chance. And it's like, <clears> you'll <throat> get them. Be patient. Yes. it's and a also, games feel, match. They'll be coming. I also feel that both this and the Gagano. Black match disproves the point people make that people only do the too sweet thing when they're bored. People just do it, and I fucking hate it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I it's rant funny. about this every time I watch a, an American show, but oh my <laughs> fucking God, I hate this.
1: Yeah, it is annoying. It is. It, yeah, it's ridiculously annoying. Um, But again, similar to the match that preluded it, I was so invested in this match. Yeah. So invested. Um, Really, really good. You know... Not just because if I won this match, I won the predictions, mm. um, but because just they they built it so well, and to go forty seven minutes in that sort of environment, you know, and like you said, Chris, not one of these men was carried.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, even like Roderick Strong, who you would think of everyone in that, would be the sort of lesser of them all, came out with it looking like a right badass.
1: I think all of them did. I don't think I there's think... anyone in there who didn't have their stock raised tenfold by this match.
2: I think Strong is only the weakest in terms of promo. Because yeah. he, he is not subtle at all. No, um, was... Again, going back to 2011 Ring of Honor, in this promo, he was just like, I'm a dick. I'm like, thanks for show- showing and not telling there, boy. But, um... I love the fact
1: that with your time off, you didn't watch like New Japan or WWE. You watched 2011 Ring of Honor. Right, I,
2: I was drunk. I bought on a club. I had to do something. You
1: bought on a club uh, when drunk. Yeah. What a glowing endorsement for the product. This is
2: this is why you don't save your card information on Chrome. Oh uh,
1: <laughs> God. But
2: but um yeah, but um strong isn't a weak worker. He's just a weak everything else.
1: I mean, he started like a house on fire when he came in. Yeah. Um, but for me, again. I started by saying it, I'll end by saying it. MVPs, War Raiders. Definitely. definitely. The fact they were power slamming each other onto other people, they were launching each other about, they were slapping each other in the face.
0: Doing cartwheels. Doing
1: cartwheels. Like I said, Hanson's £400. Must be. And he's doing shit like that. It's just, it's ridiculous. Um, I'm
2: surprised no one's ever chanted Mbop at (laughs) Hanson.
1: I bet they have. I bet they have. It exists somewhere, surely. Isn't that song a bit old for you?
2: It was actually one of the biggest selling songs for Euro is Born, I think. Oh,
1: okay. There you go, Garth, how that make you feel, mate?
2: <laughs> well, the biggest selling song for Euro is Born, I looked into this, is Barbie Girl by Aqua.
0: Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. Yep. Soundtrack
1: to college. <laughs> That's a really sad state of affairs for you, man.
2: That's huh. a really shit soundtrack to co- college. <laughs> well, you know,
0: college parties.
1: Right, so all important Podmania ratings. Uh, Chris, what are you giving? Um,
2: nine out of ten. The like fiddling with the train and the contrived some of the contrived spots. Um, well, it doesn't overall affect my enjoyment of the match. It does affect it being a perfect match. So nine.
0: Okay. Garth, I'm gonna go same as the dream match, nine and a half.
1: Nine and a half. Okay. Yeah, it's brilliant. I'm gonna go nine and a half as well. Um. There's a very solid reason I'm getting nine and a half, and that is I can't be the guy that gives two ten out of tens on a show. <laughs> so that is my reason uh, for get only giving it nine and a half. But
2: I'm I'm already that guy after G1.
1: <laughs> the G1 was an exception, um, and that's just Ibushi's matches. Um, I mean, overall, guys, if we were to give NXT Takeover War Games two a grade, Garth, what would you give it?
0: Um old school grading.
1: Uh no, we'll give it a grade out of ten. Um
0: I think taking into account the first two matches, not not including the riddle one, I'd say a solid eight and a half.
1: Okay. Chris? Um eight. No, actually no nine. 9 out of 10. Good call, good call, because I would have driven to where you live and slapped you. I'd have tracked you down through your post office internet and slapped you <laughs> for that grade, <laughs> especially as you've given Bound for Glory a 6, you clown. Um,
2: <laughs> Bound for Glory wasn't that at the show, damn it.
1: <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a 9 as well. I thought the show overall, it could quite easily be show of the year for me. Yeah. Um, it's It'll be up there in contention when it comes to our Podmania end of year awards which we'll come to in a moment. Um, But overall, just another outstanding show from NXT in a year of outstanding takeovers. Yeah, I mean, there's three that come to mind and has there only been four this year? Hang on. Mm -hmm. So we had
2: Philly, New Orleans, Chicago um, 2. Brooklyn 4, no, there's been 5. And 4 games, yeah,
1: 5. So I'd argue there's been three that have been fantastic. Like, absolutely fantastic. I'd say Philly is the weakest of the top three. But New Definitely. Orleans, this one, and probably Philly. Absolutely amazing. Chicago,
2: absolutely chi- Chicago would have been good if last fucking Sullivan wasn't going for the title.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. And to be fair, you know, he had got a broken jaw during so
2: it's so it's okay when Alice Black does it but as soon as Nia Jack does it ooh she's a
1: (laughs) (laughs) wow okay Uh, I'm not getting any Nia Jacks heat on the podcast so I'm going to move swiftly on uh, because yeah accidents happen but of all the people to do it to did it have to be on fire Becky Lynch Um, anyway I'd like to quickly gentlemen bring your attention to the Podmania end of year awards ladies and gentlemen we will be releasing a podcast very very shortly where we'll be giving our nominations on five categories match of the year wrestler of the year event of the year will we see takeover war games too who knows spoiler yes um title <laughs> of the year and breakout star of the year um, we will give our ten nominations for each one. Actually, I think there's twelve nominations for each one. We will then put a survey out on Twitter, Facebook, and all other platforms. And come the end of the year, we will say who has won each category. Um, guys, I'm sure we've all got at least fourteen for each category, and I'm sure there'll be some. You know, there'll be no Tai Chi and Wrestler of the Year. Um,
2: I, I I assumed that. I didn't put it in because I knew it would be rejected.
1: Um, I imagine that the breakout of the year is a cut and dry case for Falabar. Um, <laughs> and if it's not, I will fight you to the grave. Um, But in all seriousness, ladies and gentlemen, we will get some um, nominations out very, very shortly. And please vote. Vote for your favourite ones. We'd love to hear what you've got to say. That is all for our NXT TakeOver WarGames 2 uh, review overall an outstanding show did you enjoy it with the bits that you didn't enjoy talk to us on twitter at podmania talk to us on facebook don't forget to subscribe to the podcast you can subscribe to us on itunes on Castbox, on most places that you can find podcasts you can subscribe don't forget to leave us a five-star review that really really helps the podcast out uh, you can follow me on twitter at, at real rob Goodwin. garth where can they find you I'm at Drummer Jackson. Okay, and Chris?
2: At YoungLionCXT.
1: Keep forgetting that's your new Twitter handle. Um, and please, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget Podmania Year End Awards will be coming shortly. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you guys again soon.
0: Adios.